0: All right, everybody, I am back again. Look, I told you guys a long time ago this season, I'm just going to pack this show with people I think are cool, people that I think are interesting, people that I think are funny, people that I think that you're going to love, and I haven't missed yet. And the streak continues. Introduce yourself, my friend.
1: Well, hello everybody. I am J.D. Blute. I am a guitarist, streamer, YouTuber, former podcast host, and none of the things S mentioned at all whatsoever. So good luck to you this hour.
0: All I'm saying is what I'm trying to figure out, <laughs> damn it, is uh, <laughs> see. J.D. and I have been following <laughs> each other on social media for a long period of time. And one of the things I like about him is, you see, I tend to like people that have matched my level of weirdness and uh, <laughs> and since you've that done that fair assessment. <laughs> and since you've done that here we are <laughs> now i got to ask you this cuz this is always fascinating to me i'll get into the podcasting thing a little bit later on cuz cuz you had several incarnations of podcasts and we all do you know i've got two now because, you know, you, there's certain things you want to put on one and certain things you want to put on another. But as weird as it is, I didn't know that you played the guitar like that.
1: Yeah. Um, so for pretty much the almost the entirety of you and I knowing each other, i in all honesty didn't even own a guitar but the the fact of the matter is i have been playing guitar on and unfortunately more so off since i was 13 and for those of you who want to put that in real numbers that's about 28 years and uh for the longest time i had given up and completely just ignored it didn't even own one for the better part of a decade and then i just really started falling in love with it again. So I got me a cheapo beater guitar and uh, it's been grow. The love has been growing. The skill has been growing ever since. We're about a year and change into that.
0: It's really weird when you have a thing that you know you should be doing, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just sitting there in the background, torturing you in the back of your head. I'm sure you probably saw people playing guitar. You saw guitars You heard guitars because you love rock music, and there was something in your head going, pick it up, pick it up, come on, pick it up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But uh, life got in the way back Mm. when I was a little bit younger. And, you know, I had a kid, but unfortunately, at the time I had, like when I first had my daughter, um, I was sort of towing the poverty line. So luxuries like, like guitar and and hobbies and stuff kind of had to go by the wayside for, you know, food. (laughs) So that was sort of my, my last giving up, uh, of, of the guitar. And then, you know, that's, that was 12 years ago. Now she's my daughter's old. Um, that was 12 (laughs) years ago. So obviously, you know, I've made the right choices and I've made improvements to my life. And, uh, I've been able to, you know, now I, now I can have hobbies, which is where the podcasting came from initially. And I was like, you know what, you're right. Like the guitar was calling to me. I started watching guitar YouTubers. And I'm like, man, I'm not as good as them, but I could probably do that too. And I miss it. So I pick it up and go. Yeah,
0: because I see that, I see that because uh, I watch, obviously we follow each other on, on uh, twit- uh, uh, yeah, Twitter, and I see you yep. shredding on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, you know, um, well, that's a uh, that is actually speaking of guitar YouTubers. That is actually a I don't want to say a contest because you don't win anything. But look, look, for lack of a better word, it's a contest put out by probably my favorite guitar YouTuber, Ola Englund. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he basically creates the drum track that you hear me playing over and he creates one drum track a week or he has like his editor create the drum track, whatever. But he improves it and he's like, here, make music over it. So oh, that's been going on for 51 weeks now, and they're all about a minute. So the reality is I have 35 minutes of new music that I've created outside of other projects that I've created. So that, that's that's really cool, and it's it's nice that it's easily digestible. You don't have to go on watch a 10-minute video. You don't have to come, you, you know, like, you can just go on. I can almost put the whole damn video right on Twitter, mm-hmm. and that's your dose of me. And that's been growing and growing and growing and that's sort of the staple of my channel because what when you're doing guitar reviews or gear reviews and you no longer have any gear to review and you're too small to reach out to brands, you kinda of have to think of something else to do. <laughs>
0: that's that's the that's the really funny thing is as it grows, then all of a sudden you start getting these email you know, we have the Stratocaster, we want you to try out uh we have this uh, six string we want you to try out uh we have these guitar picks we want you to talk about <laughs> you know
1: we we're not quite we're not quite there yet so mm-hmm. basically i ran out of my own gear and i'm like I can't review anything else. I literally don't own anything else to review. So now it's just sort of trying to grow the channel, grow the – grow the. I hate to say the brand, but literally grow the J.D. Blute brand, as it were, uh, to get more eyes on what I do. Because my reviews, like the little shred bits that you see, I get – You know pretty decently. I'm pretty happy with it for a guy you've never heard of I get you know 50 to 70 views per one of those videos Mm -hmm. for a guy you've never heard of and for a guy who's not as good as anybody else on YouTube I'll take it but my gear reviews I'm I'm in the thousands of views on those gear reviews so people like the way I approach that it's just I'm not big enough to say hey companies I will happily review your stuff in my style so it's just, just basically growing getting bigger hoping for the best and trying not to make stupid mistakes.
0: You better start reviewing some damn sandwiches.
1: <laughs> I will oh man, I just had a hell of a sandwich, actually, from my local bakery. They put some Cajun
0: chicken in there. I don't know what mayonnaise they used, but it was just the right amount. <laughs> we're not, 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 not going to see you fighting with somebody outside of a Popeye's chicken, are we?
1: No, no, no. Actually, I, uh, I'm not a big Popeye's fan. I prefer Mary Brown's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, you know, the gold standard KFC. I, I'm a KFC guy. But the one in my city is not fair. And I live in a very small city. That's so why I say the one KFC in my city is literally the one, and it's not that good. So,
0: so I don't go there that often. As soon as you said one KFC, you automatically <laughs> know it's a small city. Uh, so, yeah, exactly. In, in my hometown down in Philadelphia, I've seen five or six KFCs in one drive. <laughs> you know, Oh,
1: I believe it. I'm, and I'm, uh, I'm uh, just outside of Toronto. It's not like three million people, but nobody knows the name of the city. Um, but we, we had the same thing. It's a big metropolis. Then you go to Toronto, where I lived for a number of years. Um, yeah, you, you trip over fast food joints, right? And you see them come up and you see them come down. But in my city, it's really nice. We have one of everything i live in what's considered cottage country i live pretty much right on a lake which is which is pretty sweet uh summers you know canadian summer the all four weeks of it are really great i spend my time kayaking
0: (laughs) so you you said canadian summer, i'm going you can hold your breath for that can't you
1: (laughs) oh absolutely absolutely like you know, we we have uh, a guy who rents out kay. Well, okay, this is pre-pandemia. He rented mm-hmm. out kayaks, nine dollars an hour to go kayaking. And you know, he's like, I have to legally do this when the water temperature is above a certain amount, or else y'all could freeze. And I'm like, the water's three feet deep; it's a man-made lake. What are you doing? <laughs> so I'm not going to freeze.
0: Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'll do this because thing because called walking. <laughs> yeah. Oh exactly. no, my knees are exactly.
1: wet. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and I'm just at right height where you know the, the lower end, of the, the lower end of the manhood gets in there, and you start to get that real cold shiver down your spine.
0: Oh, yeah, uh, you're talking to a you're talking to a guy who's uh, you're talking to a five foot eight inch guy yourself right now, pal. So uh yeah. I'm, not ex- I'm not exactly dunking on people.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh my pro wrestling site lists me as, as six feet, but I'm actually five eleven. So yeah, I'm right there with you.
0: I knew it. See, I knew I was going to get the deadly secrets. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our expose. J.D. Blute is not six feet, and we have exposed Hell him. No. Oh, shit. Oh, no. That's right. Get that guy from the Catch a Predator in here, because he can't chase presidents oh. anymore. But well, we can take fake six feet dudes. Get him. Exactly. Well, and... And if any of the guitar
1: community is listening, no, I do not speed up my videos. This is a big thing in the guitar community of people actually fast forwarding their playing to make it look like they're shredding even harder. Oh, God. no, I don't. I make I make my mistakes in the exact amount of time that you see them.
0: So that's, we got a bunch uh, of that's my
1: story and I'm sticking to it.
0: Got a bunch of uh, Eddie Van Halen wannabes out there, right?
1: Well, to be fair, they're all really good technical players. It's mm-hmm. just there's there's been instances where you, like, if the camera can't capture or if the video can't properly display your fingers doing the deed, mm-hmm. there's some funny stuff going on. That's that's my opinion. But, no, I don't fake those videos. Um, but I do fake my height, absolutely.
0: <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> And that explains the haircut. That's how you get to six feet. You're not fooling me, buddy.
1: You know, it's funny. The mohawk is actually drooped, and my live stream audience didn't even call me out. I was expecting Rip mohawk, where's the mohawk? Nothing. I went live on a Monday, and nothing. Nobody said a damn word. And I'm like, is, is really, is my image just not? You just literally, dude, make the guitar make noise. That's all you're here for, right? I felt so disheartened.
0: <laughs> you do realize that uh, it's going to happen now. <laughs>
1: Oh, I hope so. I hope so. I mean I, I called my, I called my chat out on it. <laughs> but at the other t- the other token too is I was I was on a newer platform. So my regular folks from Twitch weren't exactly all there. so I'm not 100% sure who remembers me and who doesn't if, it, if that's it's you know juggling two platforms is a little bit difficult. It's like juggling two podcasts. You have to be twice as smooth and for me I have to be uh, I have to be twice as on point.
0: I know you know I know what you mean because I got two,
1: <laughs> and yeah, that's what that's why I'm saying I know.
0: And it's really weird because they're two completely separate audiences. What the hell is that? <laughs> it's, it's like it's like, it's like, they're like two, two completely separate. Because I was wondering about that because you're on you're on Twitch and what's the other one? Volume, correct? With volume, yes, that's correct. Okay, so. And you think you 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 watch they watch you play all the time on Twitch. You go over the volume. You're already doing something they've already proven that they already like, and they're like, "Nah, yeah. that's cool." <laughs> uh,
1: well, yeah. see, what happens is what happens is they didn't ju- they just didn't want to make the jump. Mm-hmm. They, they they didn't want to you know register an account on this new platform, this new untested platform,
2: mm-hmm. as it
1: were. And I'm like, look, I'm just. I'm just here trying it out. I'm just here because on Twitch, when you're streaming, um, you have the ability to have chat interact with so many different things. Like I have a song request bot and I have a games bot and I have channel points and I have this and I have that and I can't even keep track of it. But Mm -hmm. on volume, it's very stripped down. If you want to make a song request you don't like type into a bot you literally all I ask is that you capitalize band name dash song name that's it that's all there is because it's bare bones and for me I actually really enjoyed that the flip side of it is I miss all the other interaction like mm-hmm. I miss I have channel points where um People can tell me to stretch, so I'll get up and do like some terrible yoga in front of the camera or whatever. I, I have Hydrate. I have one where I'm required to sing for five minutes. Not necessarily the song I'm playing, but I have to speak in song. So that's what that's what I appreciate about Twitch is that they have this interactivity built in. But what I appreciate about volume is that it's stripped away and I can just play music. So it's really this cross section of I don't necessarily want to do both. But at the same time, I want to do both. But what happens is you get different fans like on Twitch. I have fans who are I'm going to say an older demographic, not not necessarily as old as me, Um because, well, it's just not true, but, you know, folks in their 20s, 30s, volume, the average age of my of my viewer is somewhere in the neighborhood of 16. So you really are addressing two different audiences with two different musical uh, experience levels. So on Twitch, I'll play stuff from bands that I have literally never heard of. And I do something called sight reading through Rocksmith. I don't necessarily have to know the song. As long as somebody has created a Rocksmith chart for it, Mm. I can attempt to play it. Same goes on volume. I do that same sort of thing. But on Twitch, I get a whole bunch of songs I've never heard of. On volume, my last show there, I was playing ACDC all night, basically. because this (laughs) one guy kept requesting it. I'm like, I can do that in my sleep. No problem. Thank you. That's, so, it really a, is, like you said, two different audiences. And it's weird to me.
0: It's, yeah, it's, it's, I, th- that's the thing that I noticed because uh, on the original podcast, the audience is literally, like, if you look at the demographic breakdown and all that, it's almost like an even spread all the way across the ages. It's 51% male, 49% female. But on the podcast here, this one, a tire third of the audience is in the 20s. <laughs> it's like I think oh, mm-hmm.
1: I think the the, the younger uh, younger aged folks are more are more in tune with interviews because you and I grew up in t- in a time period. I'm lumping us generally together cuz I think there's only about 8 years between us. So uh, I'm, 52. Oh, I'm 52. Oh,
0: 52.
1: Okay, 12. Twelve years, fair enough. <laughs> uh, so okay. So, but but even still, we're we're in that same sort of period where guys guys and girls who were coming up in your age musically were were sort of still there and still finding themselves in my age. At when I was when I was coming up, now that's not necessarily the case. Like there's gaps and gaps. And what I mean to say is um there's also different listening patterns like podcasts mm-hmm. have exploded so the spoken word the spoken medium has far outshined music consumption. I'm not speaking statistically or anything, but the podcast explosion that happened uh, right back when Potter and Family became a thing, I forget when that was, 2012 or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, was, was absolutely massive. And there's so many marketing dollars being put into podcasts. So people nowadays are conditioned that interviews are Are the way to go and music I hear more and more music is just a soundtrack it's what I have on in the background I don't get emotionally attached to it whereas folks our age we didn't necessarily have like we had you know talk shows and Mm -hmm. things like that but it wasn't consistent the radio was playing music or the news Mm -hmm. that's it so I, I think it's a different demographic that cares more about interviews so I can see that your your listenership is split so so decidedly
0: I was completely shocked, and uh, it's because I, I'm sitting there going, and I, I I'm talking to you like I don't know, like uh like I don't know who's listening to me right now. I know that you young guys and gals that are listening to me right now. First of all, I appreciate you, but the thing is, it was just really weird to me to have people the age of my nephews, <laughs> right? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's like it's like when I was the age of the of that of that third of my audience, the the people that are listening to my audience right now, my my nephews, I was giving them baths and changing their diapers. <laughs> you know, it's like a third of my audience. If I if they were in my family, there would be pictures of me walking around carrying them with a bottle in their mouth. <laughs> you know, and and I appreciate it because you know because like. When you get, because I started to know, like say for people like uh, in the music group, uh, Tony Bennett. Yeah. man, The man's a thousand years old. But if you look at yeah. when he was singing and touring, look at his audience. A third to a half of the people that came to see him were college kids and recent college grads yeah. that just discovered him. Yep. Yeah.
1: yeah. And but it, when you get a it. performer like that, Yeah, sorry, sorry to cut you off there. Mm -hmm. When you get a performer like that, there's no, I forget what the proper term is, but they define defy sorry generation. Mm -hmm. Every once in every once in a while, there there are a few people uh, in any in any sort of entertainment that defy and displace generation. Tony Bennett absolutely would have been one. Totally get that. I'm not the biggest fan of his work, but mm -hmm. totally respect what he's done, and my mom loves him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that's that's the weird thing is I I get a kick out of uh you know when you hear like your aunts and your parents and they talk about and that person was sexy and I'm going first of all um never describe anybody that way in front of me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, the, that's the first thing because I think I and I apologize for vomiting on your floor when you said that and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right you know. But it's really weird because when you get to the like the, the beginning, right, where you are now, age wise, forty, and where I am now, fifty-two, that chunk—I think it actually goes maybe up to maybe sixty. You're you're now nah, maybe fifty. We're right in the same group. It's like you're at the you you you're you're old enough to have seen so much stuff, but still young enough to appreciate stuff that young people like you know, some of it anyway, cause I'll be honest with you. I turn on the radio sometimes. I'm going, man, now that new guy is great. And then the next song, Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's,
1: it's, it's the same thing. When the younger folks ask me to play stuff and I'm mm. like, I've, I've never heard of this band, but you can just tell by their voice that it's a dude in their 20s. I'm mm. like, okay, some of it's really good, passionate, well-played. And some of it, the man is just screaming into the mic. Like I like black metal. Mm. Um, like and and I have trouble digesting some
0: of the new stuff. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, and, and the funny and the, and the funny thing about it is, you know, because <laughs> I, I was, it was it's, it's some of my some of my, one of my friends is a musician in California, and he I didn't even I don't even know if I should admit to liking this now with with some of the new things, but he was playing some stuff. I mean, he was playing this music, and I was like, I don't know who that is, but that person i'm i'm enjoying this this music it wasn't the music i would normally sure. listen to because when it comes to rock music i was more of a aerosmith rolling stones type dude or the guys from the 70s you know and he was playing this this music and he goes i said who the hell is this i've never heard this before and you've played six tracks This is like, this is back, this is a a while ago. And you, this is back when I lived in California in the 90s. I said, You've played six tracks back to back on this damn album, and I've liked every one of them. Who is this? And he goes, You never heard of Marilyn Manson? Oh, damn. (laughs) And I go, Uh, no. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) And I was just like, And I'm sitting there going, and then I, I said, Let me listen to some more of his stuff. And I was like, Apparently, uh, musically, I don't like I said, I don't know what his personal thing is going on, so I don't know about all of that, but I'm just going to stick with, I don't want to yeah. mess with all of that, because I don't know what the hell the deal is with that, but just the music yeah. only. And I'm going, and like, eight out of the ten things that I heard every time I would uh, listen to some of his stuff, I'm going, I like this too. I also like this. And I like this. Oh, apparently I like Marilyn Manson music. <laughs> you know? I didn't know.
1: There's a there's a qualifier though. That that's uh, there's a qualifier because I'm pretty sure I know what album you're talking about just based on just based on that. If you were to listen to stuff prior, his mm-hmm. stuff prior,
2: mm-hmm. let's
1: ignore the fact that what's going on in his personal life. Okay, that's mm-hmm. if you listen to his music prior to that album that you listen to Mm-hmm. Um, he would have been. Complete, he he went completely differently. He changed a couple band members and then put out that album that I'm almost certain you listened. You listened to this would have been '96 or '97 that you were listening to that album. It was. Uh, I I
0: can tell you the name. I, I remember I, it now.
1: Was Antichrist Superstar? Yeah.
0: And Mechanical Animals.
1: Oh yes, mecha- yeah. Mechanical Animals was '98. Yes. Yeah. Those were fantastic albums.
0: Like you know, really and
1: truly I, fantastic albums. Yeah,
0: because I'm sitting um, going, Jesus you, Christ,
1: <laughs> you know. It's funny that you mentioned the, uh, the 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 '70s a little bit earlier. Did your parents ever try and sway what you enjoyed about music or who you enjoyed that sort of thing?
0: Everybody around me, uh, they they all they like they like Motown stuff and Marvin Gaye and all that kind of stuff, and you know, who doesn't, right? But sure. but it, there was not a lot of rock around, and I uh, and I just I listen to that stuff. I like that stuff, but by the time the eighties came around, it was all Michael Jackson and Prince. By then, <laughs> you know what I mean. Okay. Yeah. You know more, and I'm I'm more. I, I love Michael Jackson, but I'm a Prince dude. I mean, literally, yes, I turn my no. head to the right. There's a box right there with every single Prince, <laughs> everything. <laughs> oh, man. I have all of it. I mean, literally all of it. And, um, but but they, they, no one really, swe- it was more, you know, I don't know if it was the same way with you, but it was like I would be in the car and I'd be listening to whatever they were playing and then I would go, okay, and, and as a child you're going, okay, I like Earth, Wind, and Fire. I like that, you know, I like that. Didn't hear a lot of rock at all until, I'm literally until sure. uh, maybe you uh, like Howard Stern show.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. He played rock songs on that show, and that's when I started paying attention to Led Zeppelin. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and ACDC, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like, gotcha. I'm like, look at all of this stuff that I never heard, and I'm liking all of this. What the hell? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, see, and I was sort, sort of the same way. Like when we were in the car, my dad had control of the mm-hmm. radio, so I got I got into. Well, maybe not into, but I was exposed to the Stones and the Beach Boys. Um, I think Earth Wind and Fire was in there. The Trogs. Mm-hmm. My dad obviously wasn't that much of a Beatles fan, but uh, I, which is surprising for a white suburban dude. But he mm-hmm. wasn't. <laughs> uh, um, and then when I got, when I started growing up and started getting a personality, um, my father said to me, he says, "You know what? I really hate Kiss and Alice Cooper." Well, guess what the first two albums I bought were?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Like,
1: it it wasn't even that much of an act of rebellion. I just wanted to see what the fuss was about, and I was was sort of hooked from there. And yeah, around the time, uh, I definitely enjoyed Michael Jackson's singles. Like, Mm -hmm. whatever was on our version of MTV was called Much Music. Whatever was on there, sure, absolutely. I think I had... I think I had the Black or White album, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. and I bought it solely because Slash, the lead guitarist in Guns N' Roses, guest stars on one of the songs there. And I was like, I want to hear this. And I'm like, holy shit, I like the whole album. Oh, sorry, I don't know if I can cuss.
0: No, uh, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Hold on, uh, let, let me let me join you. Uh, shit. Okay, we're good.
1: There we go. All right, cool. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh man, like it's you kind of make these accidental discoveries, almost, right?" No, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed Michael Jackson more so the uh, the, the singles. I'm not going to lie, mm-hmm. um, and then in terms of Prince, I got to say I was never really exposed to much of anything he did. Like I'd watch the videos, I definitely enjoyed, but I never I never had any influence, friends, family, whatnot who pointed me to Prince until I started reading guitar magazines. And this is the coolest quote I'll ever hear. Somebody interviewed Eric Clapton, who mm-hmm. is a fantastic bluesman, great guitarist. Like Everyone pretty much universally knows that, whether you appreciate his music or not. Mm-hmm. And the, re- the interviewer said, hey, what's it feel like to be the greatest guitarist in the world without missing a beat? He goes, you should probably ask Prince that. That mm-hmm. dude shreds. I was like, "Oh man, I gotta check this out," and that was that was sort of my first introduction but to to know that somebody who like I didn't really think guitar was that big a print in as part of Prince's presentation, but I was wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, sure a, it's kind of a, it's kind of important.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, but I, I didn't know that. I thought it was along the lines, again, this is me being very young and very stupid, I mm-hmm. thought it was along the lines of sort of the next iteration or like a uh, a pseudo-Michael Jackson sort of a thing. Is Michael Jackson mm-hmm. was way more popular than Prince was here. So
2: mm-hmm. that
1: that was my impression at the time. Obviously, I'm educated now. But at the time, that's what it was. So.
0: Is it, it's, this really weird how when you... When you... I grew up in the Northeast Corridor of the United States, which is, you know, Philadelphia, New York, Boston, places yeah. like that. And yeah. the the speed that I'm talking right now, I literally had to train myself to slow down how fast I spoke to people. Um, because people who are from the Northeast speak at such a high speed that <laughs> if, if you go yeah. most other places, people go, I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> I really yeah, don't know man. what you just said. So it's the same thing with music. You know, when you get to a situation where, you know, whoever's around you, you just listen to the stuff that's around you, and then you become exposed. Like, you discovered Prince because of the guitar magazines. I didn't even pay attention to rock and roll until I started hearing these songs because um, Stern was on a rock station. And I'm sitting there going... And and, and it's really weird because I, then as I heard the song, so I went... I did hear this on one of those uh, midnight special TV programs they have one Sometimes they have live acts on, but it'll be playing in, in the background. And so that was that was that was just a, a weird thing to to see how things just kind of slid into your consciousness and just kind of sat there. Like earlier when we were talking about the guitar, you knew you should be playing the guitar, you knew it. Yep. Life got in the way, but it was just sitting yep. there, hanging around. You know, like a like a father in the seventies smoking a cigar while his wife's in the uh, <laughs> you know, and he having the baby. Yeah. You know. Yeah. If she yeah. had a kid yet, all right, I'll be right out. Right, tell me when the kid's <laughs> out of there, Jack. You know <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh,
1: this this is my father of the year moment actually. The when my daughter was born and they cleaned her off and you know, all that good stuff, that they, they wrap her. Mm-hmm. Um, she was she was many, many hours late. My, mm-hmm. my ex was induced at 8 p.m., mm-hmm. and my daughter didn't arrive until 5.22 a.m. Ooh. So that's a, that was Ooh. a long time. So I'm sitting there trying to remain awake to be supportive. So the nurse brings my daughter over to me. First time ever, she goes, Dad, do you want to hold her? And I'm like, no, thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I might drop the kid. I'm half asleep here.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. First interaction with my daughter is no thank you. I don't nah, even I'm know she cool. knows
0: that. <laughs> yeah, well, she's right here. <laughs> she's like, hey, <laughs> surprise, buddy! Uh, now no. I gotta ask you this. I'm gonna jump off music yeah. for a second. Let's go for it. And I'm curious because you know a lot of times people will have if you have oh oh let me ask you this when you were doing the other podcasts you were not playing at all yeah. the guitar correct.
1: Didn't even
0: own one. Okay. Now, I also know that on one of your tags on your bio, (sighs) bedroom (etermoon] producer. Yes.
1: (sighs) (laughs) Okay. Well, so that's a, (laughs) I hate to say it, but it's actually going to come back to music. That is a term for home recording um, amateur, as it were. Amateur home recording person. Because literally, my studio where I'm sat right now, I don't even have to lean over from my chair and I can touch my bed. I literally Mm -hmm. do music production in my bedroom. If people want to take it that other way from uh, my my most previous podcast, they are more than welcome to. I'm sure the videos are still out there.
0: (laughs) The So explain to me, what uh, what was that podcast, J.D.? <laughs> what happened on that podcast?
1: What happened on that podcast? Okay, yeah. so the, do you want the long story or just the fun part at the end?
0: Yes, both. Both, please.
1: Yes, both. Okay, sure. It actually started out as, oh my goodness, it went through two name changes and I forget. My Crumbling Audio, so... Back in the day, and this is way, 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 way back, I was a horror writer. Mm. And uh, I, I called my little world my crumbling abode. And being exactly not very creative at all, when I started to do this last podcast, I called it my crumbling audio because I said, you know what? I love three things in this world that aren't people. I love music. I love horror. And I love porn. Unapologetically, I'm going to talk about all of those three. Well, if you do anything, if you, don't even, if you open your podcast app, there are a ton of horror podcasts. There are a ton of music podcasts. What you won't find is a ton, or what you didn't find back when I started, was a ton of adult podcasts. And what also ended up happening about, after about 12 to 20 episodes, I really found myself getting bored sort of reporting slash discussing horror and music. But I was diving headlong into reading everything behind the scenes in the adult industry. And I was like, well, you know what? This is, this is amazing. This is, this is something that I can bring my perspective in as a lifelong fan. And, you know, a little gross fact about me, the first adult thing I ever watched, I was 13. Definitely not 18 plus, but, you know, we enter the wrong year in this website sort of thing. Mm. Um, and I, I've been a fan, literally a fan ever since. And I was like, this is this is actually getting really interesting. And I noticed when I made that switch, you know, the numbers dipped a little bit as they, as they do because people are expecting their horror content and their and their music content. But then they started going up quite well. And I'm like, okay, I'm on to something. And then I started I started reaching out and I started uh, getting responses, and people in the industry actually, knew me and they spoke of me (laughs) i'll never forget (laughs) they spoke of me favorably enough to say he's not creepy at all which is a very important qualifier no no here's the thing Mm -hmm. it's a very important qualifier amongst adult stars to have somebody who's on the outside because at the time i was not an adult i was a guy reporting on adults you have that recognition to say he is not creepy distinguishes me from all the other people in their DMs trying to get interviews and being just gross and disgusting. That was mm-hmm. never me. I always wanted to be professional. I always wanted to present uh, factually but in a positive light. So that was the news sort of portion. That's when it became casual sex with Crumb.
0: But I realized
1: that implied a hell of a lot. About my personal life, which unfortunately, my wife's going to kill me when she hears this, uh, is not true. I do not have a lot of casual sex. I have zero casual sex. So people were expecting it to be my my forays into casual sex, which unfortunately it was not. Mm-hmm. So I realized my uh, I had uh, Amberly Rothfield, who is an amazing marketing consultant, both in her vanilla life and also in their um, in their adult life. they were like hey um people like you you should interview people and i'm like yeah who's who's gonna who and they were like well i have a pr agent email her okay well wouldn't you know she got back to me Mm -hmm. and i'm like holy crap people actually know my name people actually respect what i've done like in this short little time so i changed again into an interview show where I interviewed adult stars and uh, New performers as well. There are names that you would definitely know and there are Names that you absolutely would not know and my goal was uh, Every month to do three names that you didn't know to give them a platform and one name that you did know So yeah, I basically interviewed porn stars and sex workers all walks of life, all denominations, and uh yeah, that was a it was a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> what in the world were your messages like when you were doing that show?
1: Okay, fifty percent what you expect? I have mm-hmm. a lot of tips in my DMs and no I did not delete them. <laughs> <laughs> but I also I also um I'm lucky enough to say I have to this day, because I, I just won't delete them, it's a very big source of pride, uh, three of the top four PR agencies in my DMs, uh, number th- number one, three, and four, number two, never return my messages, but mm. I hold no like nothing, no negativity, I, I get it, I, I'm literally nobody in that world, so I wasn't expecting, but to, to say that I have those, and it's all just scheduling, it's it, Everything in those messages is, hey, can you can you talk to so-and-so at this time? By the way, make sure they're on L.A. time and that you have to be on L.A. time, and blah, 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 blah. But yes, uh, for, to, to give the salacious details, yes, I have a lot of tits and ass in my DMs. Absolutely.
0: Well, guess what, buddy? What? I also have a lot of tits and ass in my DMs. Okay, how about that?
1: I believe it. You're the you're the smoothest. You are the smoothest man I know. I would I would be surprised if it was if it was anything less.
0: I didn't understand why. <laughs> it's like it's like, <laughs> like well, I'm sitting there going, I do. I tell funny stories on the other show about stuff that happened to me. It has nothing to do, for the most part, with with that. And then you, you, I'm going. What is? I mean, I'm not complaining about it, uh. But uh, I was like, why are they? I mean, I'm not, you know. Was like, okay, so yeah. Apparently, I'm. Oh, oh, you. Oh, you. Ooh, okay. <laughs> so. Yeah,
1: yeah. It is a phenomenon, though, and I try to give people advice uh, to not give stuff away for free. Um, mm. Even as as an interviewer, I was like, you know, I'm I'm going to interview you, and we're going to talk about your favorite food and and movies and a little bit about the business, a little bit about your sex life. But I want people to get to know you so they can connect with you. Um, Everybody knows what your tits and ass look like. You you definitely don't have to send it to me. It's appreciated. But Mm -hmm. also on Twitter, if all you're doing is showing off on Twitter, who's going to pay for it? Mm -hmm. Nobody. Because they can see it already. I got through to a couple people that way, and a couple people I didn't. Way life goes, I guess. People are going to run their business the way they want to run their business, and there's nothing you can do to change that.
0: It's it's a, it's a it's an interesting thing when you talk to somebody that has any level of notoriety. Um, I've noticed f- from what I've when I've dealt with was a lot of people will hit them with the obvious stuff and the obvious questions and the obvious topics and you can hear in their voice they've answered this question 12 times this yep. week So, so i understand yep. you're a boxer what's it feel like to punch a guy in the face <laughs> uh, well you know yeah. uh, uh, right That's <laughs> like here we go but i i, I get it. i'll get somebody on the show like that i know that he's a boxer i going what as a I so said, what in the world were you doing carving a, a pineapple like that? Pineapple, yeah, I'm a pineapple. I'm a, people don't realize that my grandmother invented pi- pineapple was carving. And, yeah. and, <laughs> and they get excited. And it's a much better story. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's a much better story. I mean, obviously, when you're dealing with, like, you're even with that boxer, you're mm-hmm. going to ask one or two boxing questions. You have to because it's, it's sort of the bread and butter. But if you can intersperse that, with actual personality-type questions, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I think the interview goes by better. You're more likely to get yes on a repeat interview. Mm -hmm. And I think the chemistry grows because you're not just sitting there being a robot like, oh, I read about this person on ESPN. I must ask them about this, this, and this that ESPN already reported on. Well, no. (laughs) Ask them – like. Do some research. Now, the hardest part of interviewing porn stars, my friend, is the research. I did countless hours of painstaking, eye-watering research, let me tell you. It's just, its, it's mm-hmm. it, it was disgusting how much research I was doing.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say it was also disgusting touching your microphone uh, after the research. probably <laughs>
1: I was touching
0: my microphone. Sorry. Right. Oh wait, we're not talking about that. Oh Hey, yeah, this microphone. Is, what's this hole at the top of this microphone? Hey. <laughs> but that. But it's got to be definitely the same thing with them because, you know, I, I guarantee if, if they do a bunch of interviews, I, I'm I'm curious at how at what percentage of the interviews that they do, where the person is you know taking a run at them for real. You know what I mean? Oh, trying to yeah. get some action for real. Because the few people that I've met that were, I don't think I've ever, you know, yeah, I have met people in the, in the adult industry. But, um, and I've I've done comedy shows over, the, not recently, but back when I started at strip clubs. And sure. every dude in the building is trying to take a run at these ladies. Every yep. dude. And I'm sitting there and I'm just talking, just, you know, and they're literally standing there naked in front of me you know yeah. and I'm just saying hey so we're just having a regular conversation and they're looking at me funny like you're not going to try to get some of uh you know and I'm looking at them like yeah. yes I would like some of uh but I'm not gonna act like I like some of uh because everybody else is acting like they want some of uh and because I and- didn't try to get some of uh they gave me lots of uh because I was the only one who was yep. asking.
1: <laughs> absolutely and that that goes that story right there goes back to why that part where i said uh, they referred to me as not creepy at all mm. is important you know you build yes. that rapport as like no this this person is not going to try to get a freebie or become your suitcase pimp or or anything like that was I flirty with some of my guests? Absolutely. I was just attractive, attractive human beings. Like, uh, I am a mere mortal. Um, but did I still keep it reined in and obviously not do anything because I wouldn't? Also, yes.
0: <laughs> and your wife trusts you? Yes. That's why you're not a dead man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, we, see, I classify myself as not a monogamous,
0: um, uh-huh.
1: but I fell absolutely head over stupid in love with my wife, and I told her this. We, I flat out told her, I said, look, I'm not really into the whole... One chick, sort of a thing. There's probably a little bisexuality in me. Blah 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 blah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And we talked. We talked it out, and she was like, "I honestly do need monogamy. I can't be with like I don't want you with other people. I don't want to be with other people." So very early on, we made the choice like this is this is going to be just us. Um, as we grew together, you realize you can trust trust you know, the person you're with, of course, and she would see, you know, the boobs in my inbox, and she would write them, <laughs> and she, did, she just didn't care, and she would be like, I would say, well, you know, my, my favorite adult performer, my goal performers are so-and-so and so-and-so, and she'd be like, oh, yeah, she's cute, totally, I could see that, yeah, 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 uh-huh, I get yeah. it, you have good taste in women, blah, blah, blah. So trust was trust was literally never an issue. Because mm-hmm. we, we speak about everything. We are that annoying couple. If you remember how I met your mother, we are Marshall and Lily.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: 100% hands down. So, no, trust was never never 100% an issue. Never at
0: all. And that is a good place to be, my friend. Now,
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: We move off of casual, and then we sure. move on to the Versus show.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> the verse. Um, that was an experiment that lasted 48 weeks. Let me mm-hmm. tell you that. Uh, my wife. The reason you have not seen or heard anything from my wife in in the digital realm is because she absolutely hates it. <laughs> yeah. She hated it every single week that we did it. So uh, it was a way for me to get her sort of out there. I thought she's a very shy person. So I was like, well, just do this show with me. We don't have to video it. It's just, you know, us talking about our passions. And at the time, we were supporting a local wrestling company, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, funny story is the ring announcer, when we sponsored the show, never got our show name right. Not once. It was hilarious. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> so this uh, this match is presented by Crisis Blute Show. And I'm like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> and that, that whatever it's fine. they got it right on the DVD release.
0: <laughs> I like Jesus like, you, you do realize I'm supporting you right?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no honestly, honestly, he's such a good guy and he has he also like the ring announcer of these small shows, the ring announcer is also the ring crew guy. he's also mm. the guy setting up cables. he's also might be it might also be his turn to pick up the international talent at the airport. Mm. so getting my name wrong, eh not the end of the world. They got it right on the DVD. that's all that matters.
0: Hey, um, hey, believe me i've been there I, I i know what it's like to pack up the microphones to drag the sound system out to book the oh ads yeah. i've been that guy <laughs> you know so believe yep. me i know i know so if you're listening my brother trust me i know i know how you feel
1: <laughs> oh i i used to promote burlesque and carney shows as well back in my youth
0: yeah so, so you uh, oh, there's I so know, many moving I, parts
1: so many moving parts. Absolutely. So no, no worries there. But it was basically just a way to like, I don't know, to shoot the shit with my wife and record it because I was having trouble at that point creating content, like thinking of stuff to do. And it really was an experiment that went 48 weeks. That's, that's all I can say. It was just, it wasn't you, a great show, but it, it was fun to do.
0: And it was, it was a, uh, you did once a week, correct?
1: Yeah, once give or a- take. I mean when yeah. she wasn't feeling up to it, maybe we skipped a week, but yeah, once once a week is about right.
0: Well the thing the thing I've noticed about people that, that get into pocket even though there's uh like a million or whatever, two million or whatever podcasts a lot of yeah. people don't realize that after the first fifteen or twenty of them, uh it requires similar work to going to a job. <laughs> you know. Yep. <laughs> for, you know first hey everybody let's talk about something with a microphone and then and, and, and episode seven this is the greatest thing episode 12 nah bro <laughs> yeah
1: and that's why when i saw you were coming out with two i was like this man just likes work what yep. the hell
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know the the next why are episode you doing co- that to yourself oh god that's when I realized I like doing it. Uh, <laughs> I realized, I realized I'm sitting there going, you, what the hell are you doing? You, you're booking interviews. You're doing solo episodes on that podcast. You're also doing solo episodes yeah. on this podcast. What are you nuts? <laughs> you know, and then, you know, and then the, and I'm going to start doing stand up uh, again. Cause when the pandemic, after I get my second Moderna shot, um, so yeah. I can't wait to get you. Oh, did you get jammed in the arm?
1: I did not. I am a uh, I am a heart patient, so I am waiting until more research comes out. I absolutely will, just to clarify for all the listeners, I absolutely will. I just have to be be sure that what's going in my arm is not going to stop my heart. that's the that's the only reason I have uh, i' also I'm Canadian and our distribution has sucked, so I'm not mm-hmm. even eligible yet. But I do have to wait a little bit until my cardiologist gives me the okay. So but you're, absolutely you're, I will.
0: But you, so these, you're definitely masked up when you go outside. Then
1: I okay. S. Yes, this is this is real talk. I mm-hmm. do not go. I do not leave the house. I go outside mm-hmm. to my backyard, which I'm lucky enough to have. Mm-hmm. I maybe go on the front porch when my wife asks me to join her for a smoke, mm-hmm. and maybe, maybe once a month, I go for a walk around the block. Otherwise, I am confined to this house. I do. I will not risk it. My wife, bless her, has taken on the role of literally everything this past year. Um, it, kind of, it works out sort of harmoniously because I, right now, I was able to keep my job during the pandemic. And she, unfortunately, was not. Mm. So I get to, luckily enough, get to work from home and she gets to run the home,
0: basically. Um, and it's gonna, it's but... been very... I'm I'm sorry. When when things go back to normal, or quote, um, and but I'm gonna see. I always do. I do mine in audio. I don't do the video version. Uh, hand. I'm doing the hand quotes. Normal air
1: quotes. yep.
0: <laughs> when things go back to normal, because I because what I'm seeing on the news is a lot of the people that are working from home are going. The hell am I going back into that office for? I'd rather do it from here. Now, when everything is back to, quote, normal, more with the air quotes again, are you going to just go, screw that crap, I'm staying home and doing it from here?
1: The problem is that I work, my day job is in the finance industry, and Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, we are deemed essential.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: That's fine. I get it. So they've already moved people completely into the office, and then our numbers spiked. So now it's half in the office and half working from home on a rotating, like, week on, week on, week off sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So they they have said they are not giving up the building that we're in. We are going to have to return to the office, which, between you and me, is another reason I'm not in the hugest rush to get stuck in the arm because I love this. I got, yeah. I got podcasts, I got music, I got uh, watching my friends stream. I have my PC, which is light years ahead of the crap they gave me at work. <laughs> and I have I have this level of comfort and stability, and my work rate has not suffered. So I have satisfied everything to be a home worker, according to them. So, no, I will probably have to go in, but that is yet another small reason why I'm taking my time on the shot.
0: Yeah, because I, I, it's it's a weird thing because I see there are people that I know, some of my relatives, and they're going, you know, I, uh, and they had the option now, and they were given the option of staying home because it was all computer work in the beginning, and some That's of them, beautiful. he goes, I've, one of them I talked to was a friend of mine, he goes, they told me that my, like you said, my work rate is exactly the same, actually it's maybe 10% more um, because of less distractions. Um, yep. and they said I could actually stay home and and I said, I said you're kind of getting a raise because you have a hell of a commute <laughs> you know to yep. go to work less wear and tear on his vehicle uh, he doesn't have to buy gas he lives in an area where the gas is really expensive <laughs> and so he's, he's staying at the house And I say, I don't blame you. It's it's not like you got young kids with your old ass. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And the same thing.
1: I'm I'm on a computer as well. Like, I don't see why we can't. Now, apparently, allegedly, through the grapevine, I heard that you can apply to work from home permanently. I don't know Uh, what that entails, but I do have the vice president in my team's messages, so I'm going to actually send them a little note and see what that would entail because I I feel like I need some of that.
0: I don't, I mean, I just don't blame anybody. I mean, I mean, obviously for my main, main, main gig, I have no choice uh, because I to pay the bills, I have to stand on the stage in front of drunk people and uh, (laughs) and and tell them amusing stories for an hour. But, uh, You know. But, but the but the thing about it is somebody asked me, I said, look they said that look, uh yo S, uh when you start performing again, are you gonna give up one of your podcasts? And I started laughing at him. I'm <laughs> going, No <laughs> Why why if would I If I know do, you, like,
1: you're gonna make another one about road stories.
0: Uh, pretty much. <laughs> and, you know uh, or, or or at the very least uh, as i'm sitting there i was saying i have if i i turn to my left and on my i have a my dry erase board and i already have yeah. subset series that are probably going to be on this one um <laughs> you know yeah. there'll be a there'll be a there'll be something uh, as anthony thomas show colon blah 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 you know road stories story time yep. this uh horror exactly. stories you know yep. and uh that's that's the weird thing because think about this for a minute you're on twitch now, okay you keep doing your thing and all of a sudden the tipping point happens and now you have two hundred and fifty thousand people watching you play it changes things all of a sudden because you're not gonna go you know uh you know just uh these two hundred fifty thousand people is kind of getting cutting into uh into my job time, so I'm going to have to give this up yeah. and uh, just concentrate on my work. Uh, hell no. Yeah. I want all hell of it. Hell
1: no. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And uh, I, know, I know for you, you got into doing your passion as a gig, the, the, the stand-up. Um, so I know before pandemia, pandemic, pulling out and performing for drunk people was like, you know, no big deal. Right, mm-hmm. like it's what you want to do. It's what you're. It's what you're able to do. I don't mm-hmm. want to sit at a desk. I mean, okay, technically yes, when I'm streaming, I'm sitting at a desk. That's <laughs> I can't really. But you know, like find your passion. I always tell this, this to everybody: uh, find your passion and find a way to make it work for you. That's mm-hmm. the absolute best. And I'll give you a little inside baseball on how how Twitch works. You don't need two hundred and fifty thousand in order to become a Twitch partner. Do you know how many people you need in order to uh, watching you regularly, in order for Twitch to make you a business partner? The number will blow your mind. Seventy-five. Uh, what? You need seventy-five regular viewers for Twitch. There's a few other things, but. Breakdown is 75 regular viewers. So if your average viewership over a 30-day period is 76, Twitch mm-hmm. will start looking at you as a business partner. That's where the partnership comes in. This is not – this is to everyone who knows Twitch, I'm not giving away any dirty secrets or anything like that. But for those who don't know, 75 is the magic number. I was able to start earning money on Twitch um, after I reached – well an average viewership of three again there's a couple of other things that go into it mm-hmm. but if three people are watching you continuously or you know on the average for a period of 30 days you get to earn money that's just that it how how you choose to grow is completely up to you maybe the algorithm because i'm not a hot tub streamer but it's up to you as to as to how far you you choose to take that
0: that's the funny thing. When you said a hot tub streamer, even I mean, technically, I have a Twitch channel. Um, technically, do I use it? Nope. But uh, I Not did. Good. I do. I do know what a hot tub streamer is because I went on Twitch because I wanted to see some of you guys, see what you guys were doing, and I was getting you know, and I looked on. I'm going. This is this a girl in the like tight pants bending over in front of the camera on purpose. Huh. What is a yep. lady why why is this that, lady jump why is this lady bouncing up and down in a chair in a bra? Huh. Huh. Why yeah, is this lady in a tub? Um, what the hell is this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which led me to my sort of wanting to try out volume. It's a completely brand new platform. I'm not a show for them or anything, but when I have to compete not only with Uh, my brothers and sisters at arms who play Rocksmith and make music for everybody, which I love doing. It's competition, but it's healthy. We're all in the same Discord server. Mm -hmm. We all know each other, more or less, right? Mm -hmm. So it's competition in the the fact that we want eyes on us when we're streaming. But outside of that, there's, you know, we've got a few bad apples, of course, but we kick them all out, and we're all in the one Discord server talking to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, But oh. When this new platform emerged, I'm like, no, it's it's just music. Your talent is going to be showcased. And it's true. People who are shooting on an iPhone 3 um, with the worst horrible sound quality you have ever heard, uh, <laughs> but they can play their instruments and sing very well, you're mm-hmm. getting the views over there. And I was like, oh, all right, this may be something that, that I choose to try as well. So I went over and tried it. I'm still not 100% sold on either idea for me personally, but it's nice to know that on a music platform, my competition is music and not, um,
0: (laughs) I got bad news for you. What's that? Um, I, I know a, a lady whose name is J D Blute, uh, J A Y D E E B L O O T, and um, oh, she's yeah, going to yeah, now yeah. join. Uh, she's going to now join Volume, and she's going to do jumping jacks. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: as long as she does them to a beat. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's,
0: that that was one of the because we when knew you, when a uh, little earlier we're talking about the adult. Uh, movies I just got to yep. kick uh, One of the things that used to crack me up uh, Even though I've never actually seen porn And don't know what it is uh, no, One of my favorite there. things is uh, When they would take a famous person's name And change it Just so slightly Oh yes Yeah yeah <laughs> So
1: <laughs> Have you ever done one of those What's your porn name generators You know you see uh, them on, on Facebook Or whatever No. know
0: uh i i probably have yeah like your dog's name plus your street's name plus yeah, yeah
1: exactly exactly so over the years i have i have been uh what just recent most recently like as of 2 days ago i am monster hunter which i have no idea what that means but that's apparently the choice
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh i have been i actually really like um there was one, your middle name and the street you grew up on.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And mine actually like it, it's either a smarmy lawyer in a terrible cop show or a porn star because that would be Derek Claypine. Yeah. Uh, and I'm I like, th- okay, that's that's, that's that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think Anthony Brown is gonna be the most exciting porn name for me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> it's like... It's like uh, and I, as a, when I think about it, yeah, the, the, those things came out when they started doing those. Those were, um, I never ever came up with one that was cool because the street I grew up on was brown. It's literally Brown Street. Brown My middle name yeah. is Anthony. My first dog's <laughs> name, you know, I forgot. I forgot what it was. What it was because it was such a long time ago. But it was just something like. Uh, I don't know how it was I don't even remember who named the dog but it was some kind of boring ass name like bill or something. You know what I mean? Oh so, no. <laughs> so no matter what happens, whatever the configuration is, it sucks.
2: <laughs> oh know? man.
0: What's your poor name? Ice cube S- spoon. Oh <laughs> yes. uh, no, nah, bro, you're fired. <laughs>
1: Marshmallow cream puff. No, damn
0: it. <laughs> yeah, get out of line. <laughs> yeah. Escort him yeah. out of the building <laughs> yeah. So I gotta ask you this my friend Sure When it comes to Twitch If it goes exactly the way Or or volume, either one Because obviously one is more I mean Twitch is, but Twitch is the granddaddy And volume is the new, new kid on the yeah. block so so, so so just say Uh streaming because let's be honest if volume stays around it has almost no choice but to begin to be a little bit more like twitch um that's usually just the way it is it's it's nothing against them specifically but you know that's where everyone is it's like if 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 there was another video streaming service that had a chance to or to compete with youtube it's going to become youtube junior you know what i mean you just there's no way around it yeah so we'll just lump them both together and I'll, i'll say Twitch but obviously this also Would apply to Volume in the future Sure if it goes exactly The way you want What Mm -hmm. happens For you
1: What happens for me Um, Mm -hmm. What's it look like What's it look like well um, I'm making enough So that First, first things first. I'm entertaining to people. Mm-hmm. People want to come by. People want to see the show. I'm not the greatest guitarist in the world, and because of a couple of dumb injuries, I never will be. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee everybody a show. I only go for about three hours at a time, maybe four hours on a Friday night. Nothing, nothing crazy. But I am drenched in sweat by the end of it. You know that you've seen a show when you see my when you see my stream. Mm-hmm. Um, so people keep coming, more people keep coming, and say that partnership happens. Then at that point, yeah, I have to look at, I have to look at the income level because, again, I'm the sole provider right now,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that means I take care of three other people besides myself, uh, because my mom does live with us. She's older, she's 75, so we we definitely moved her in because mm-hmm. we were able to. Um, so as long as whatever income from whatever creative venture I'm doing or combination of ventures is enough to keep us, and I, I don't have any like huge dreams. I don't want to mention or any of that crap. I really don't. It's enough to keep us comfortable and, and fed and clothed and things like my my kid's going to need braces. So the, health, the benefits from work are actually pretty decent at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. But as long as it maintains that, I don't need to be the biggest, the biggest on the platform because I, you know, I'm not going to be. Uh, there are actual professional musicians on both Twitch and on Volume who, um, number one, their fan base is massive. Number two, again, I'm never going to be as talented as they are. Uh, I'll put in as much work as I can, but it's just physically, literally physically, not possible. Mm-hmm. So all goes well, That yes, I absolutely do quit my job. I am, I am a fan of a higher minimum wage. I'm a fan of a minimum wage for, for those folks who don't have one. I'm a fan of a higher minimum wage because I think where I live, it's too low. I'm a fan of a four-day work week, and I'm a fan of not making work, like your day job, your entire reason for existing. So if if somebody wants to – I can pr- find a comfortable way of living – playing guitar for people and putting on shows, absolutely sign me up. Hell yes.
0: Isn't it funny how after you pass 37, 38, 39 years old, the mansion doesn't mean anything anymore. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, what do I need 15 rooms for? (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I mentioned it earlier, but I literally was on food stamps and welfare for a while Mm -hmm. back in the day. So to, to, to come back this is now 16 years removed from that. No, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, 15, 16 years removed from that. Uh, I own my house. There's no mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is this is literally all I need. And I find homeownership sucks. I know that's a horrible thing to say for folks who don't have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. But I have a crack in a window, and I can't find the window guys. They literally just stopped answering calls. My house is shifting. My floor, it's like, when I paid rent, I didn't have to worry about
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) it. And then all of a sudden.
1: And then all of a sudden, yeah. So, no, no, you're you're right, though. After a certain point, um, personal comfort matters more than vital comfort if that makes any sense like I don't mm-hmm. need to show off like it, 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 would I love to buy every single guitar that I ever wanted absolutely even then I think a hundred thousand dollars covers it which mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of being like a celebrity is not a lot of money
0: yeah I, mean, well, that's a, that, I remember um, my uncle when the, it, was, it was back when that Powerball lottery the record one was like a billion and a half bucks yes yeah, yeah. And I'm in a car driving with him. And he goes, you know, I don't really need all that money. You know, uh, just give me like $2 million and I'm fine. And younger me, this is, this is a long time ago, younger me was looking at him like he was crazy. <laughs> you know, but the thing is, what they say is basically after a certain income level, you don't get happier. It just stops at a certain point. You have a baseline. And no matter how much money you get, it goes right to that baseline, whether it was two hundred and fifty thousand, which is usually I think that's the number where like right around two hundred and fifty thousand. It's like you're not you know, you're not gonna get happier with more money. If you get it, cool. If you you know, if you invent a, a chocolate chip yep. cookie that has the same effect on your body as a salad and it tastes like a chocolate chip cookie, let's be honest, you're gonna be a billionaire in three years.
1: <laughs> okay. Of
0: course.
1: Of course but, Also sign me up.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, uh, sign me up. I got a box right here. I just dump, you know, <laughs> fill it up, <laughs> you know, and get me some milk to dip it in. Hopefully, the milk is healthy too. And but if you but but if you get the yacht, because I've seen guys that I knew, I didn't even realize how much money that they had when I was living in Hollywood. It was like some guy who produced some kind of award show, or some crap, and we're sitting in this house, and we're walking through the garage to my regular car and he had these double quadruple Mercedes and quadruple Bentleys and all this crap sitting there and to him it was really not a big deal the Bentley was just the car he went to the supermarket in you know the big house was just a bu- you know he had it was just a bunch of rooms that you know that the bed was made by his maid or whatever and no one slept in him, but he just wanted the big house and he realized that who cares it's like no matter what it is now it's just his house and now the Bentley's just yep. his car And now my cheap ass car was like, "Damn, I wish I had that Bentley." But that's a different story. (laughs) (laughs) They
1: are nice cars. I
0: mean, I'm driving a damn Camry. That bastard.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was a Corolla guy myself.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, those things never fall apart. I mean, just you know, those things just won't break. You know, and I take good care of the vehicles. But I've seen people that just don't give a damn, and the car still lasts 350,000 miles before they dump it. Yep, he that was, that stop. was
1: my Corolla. I, I, it had some sort of a weird malfunction. We finally had to get rid of it, but we had that bad boy for like 15 years.
0: Yeah, if you buy a Toyota right now, you're going to be giving that to your daughter's kid.
1: <laughs> probably. <laughs>
0: you know?
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Uh, now, before we go, before we go, I got to ask you, my friend. Sure. Are you. I mean, I don't you probably don't have time for it because when you were doing the podcast you weren't you weren't streaming with the guitar. I guess the guitar is that's going to, that's your creative outlet now. I don't I mean are you are you going to do another podcast? are you gonna jump back oh, into that no. world?
1: Uh, the reality is um, no <laughs> yeah. i uh, I used to when I left. Uh, you may or may not have known this. I was part of a network called the Somebody's. It was literally just a bunch of wrestling buddies who all had their own podcasts. And I'm still mm-hmm. great friends with everybody. Uh, we just dissolved the network because everybody has gone their own way. Mm-hmm. But uh, it used to be like, oh, you'll be back. I, I finished my last show, aired in March. And then, you know, April. Hey, when are you coming back? May, when are you coming back? It took till about September for people to stop asking me regularly Um, because I just, I don't have a passion for it anymore. I have music that I want to create. So if I'm going to be in front of a microphone, it's not going to be talking anymore unless I'm streaming. It's going to be me like I really want to learn how to sing. First thing I did in music before I could play a scale is I was in a band and because I was the best singer, I was the singer. That was Mm -hmm. not a good look and not the correct call, but I was. So I I sang, Mm -hmm. got paid for it even because we did gigs without actually knowing how to sing.
0: Well, that applies to a lot of people.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, no, and yes, agreed, agreed. But, you know, it's just how bass-ackwards my life has been (laughs) and my, my musical journey. So I just don't see me... Having the time to create the show and I don't really see what interest I would have that would convey itself well in Mm -hmm. the audio format that was actually the reason I left I was doing an audio podcast with porn stars Mm -hmm. I was getting terrible listenership but I was on Pornhub where I uploaded the videos and I was on YouTube where I uploaded the videos Obviously, we were all clothed, and Pornhub doesn't even allow you to uh, upload moving pictures without getting a performer consent form. And I'm not asking all my guests their real name. Like, I'm sorry, that's just not happening. So I got in with Pornhub support, and I was like, hey, if I just use a still image but it's audio only, they're like, you're fine. You You don't need the thing. Okay, cool. I was doing gangbusters, thousands of views, but nobody was listening to the actual podcast show.
2: Mm -hmm. so i
1: guess whatever whatever i create is more in a visual format that seems to be what works for me so doing an audio only show is
0: probably not worth my time at this point yeah because i I just because i just it just i noticed that when, when people i think everybody needs to have some kind of creative something that they do and when you find the one that's right for you you just dive into it and then F everything else. (laughs) You know what I mean? You
1: You are a hundred percent right. Yeah. And And I I was literally, I was literally hating doing the show again, not because of the people. I loved all of my guests and I loved working with everybody who I got to work with behind the scenes, but doing the scheduling, staying up till midnight because I got to be on LA time when I'm on the East coast doing, um, Doing the editing. I hate editing so much. I'll do song <laughs> programming and drum pro like all day I hate editing so much, even for my YouTube videos. That's why I've decided to make them shorter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. So <laughs> so it just yeah, and I remember the last the last interview I aired, I knew it was gonna be the last one because it was so seamless. Mm-hmm. Like we laughed like we were old friends and I had only met her the week before. Okay. And it was it was just fantastic. I'm like in my head, I'm like, literally nothing is going to top this. Nothing I do, no matter if I get – I didn't end up getting my my goal guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if I did, I don't know that I would have topped that. So I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm creatively satisfied if I end right here. And I made the decision like a week later to just not go back.
2: Mm-hmm. And I,
1: I definitely will stick to that because I have found like – I have calluses on my fretting hand. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love the feeling. And one, of, I, I, it must look really weird to observers, but I'll sit there and run my thumb over the calluses of my fingers. I'm actually doing it right now, and I'm like, this, this is earned. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely earned, and this, this shows that I'm working towards something. And that, to me, gives me a great level of satisfaction when I get people in stream. You know well played, even if maybe I messed up a few more few, too many notes, <laughs> uh, if I get people like, "Hey, man, you played my request. Thank you so much. Um, there's not much that beats that feeling. Even if podcast reviews are fantastic. I know how important they are to get the show up the up the charts and into more people's ears, but they just never hit quite the same as that live reaction for me.
0: Yes, and as you know, I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah. talking you know, you, thousands you were, of people listening to you talking to a microphone a week after you did it is not the same as the same number of people sitting right in front yeah. of you. You know, you look, you can see their faces, they're clapping, they hug you after yeah. the show. It's just a yeah. whole different thing, man. Nothing beats Absolutely. It is. immediate interaction. You know, ironically, yeah, yeah. people are going to hear this like two weeks from now. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. The, the point still is banned. <laughs> So, so those of you approximately two weeks from now, thanks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, we appreciate. We, we appreciate. Go leave us a really good review on both of his shows. It means the world to podcasters. It really
0: does. Yes, damn it, yeah. <laughs> mm, support all support streamers. Go see JD. Damn it, get it done. Now. Thank tell you. every say uh before we go man. I just want to say man thank you for coming on. This was a straight up blast, my friend.
1: Oh man, thank you so very much for inviting me on. This was just the most fun I've had in a good long while and I really appreciate it, my friend. Thank you so very much.
0: Okay, and I'm also going to sh- I'm going to sh- uh, send some pics of my ass uh just to
1: uh (laughs) you know what confidentiality man i mean this this is your show you do what you want i'm i I may uh leave you unread for a couple weeks but
0: (laughs) man I, i really appreciate talking to you my brother thank you for coming on man and i'll we will continue to harass each other online like normal
1: Oh, Abs, you're an old bastard and you know it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to, to I look forward to torching you online like tomorrow <laughs> as I spend all night editing this. <laughs> all right. Oh, take dear. care, my brother. Thank you.
1: Take
0: care. Thank you so <laughs> okay, much. Take guys. care. Yeah, bye bye. I told you that was going to be fun, didn't I? Uh Uh-huh. You're going to believe me from now on, aren't you? (laughs) Much love to you. I appreciate you listening. See you next time. Take care.